Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Care Inspectorate podcast on Meaningful Connection. My name is Sherry Kerr and I'm joined today by Nikki Cronin, who is the Care Inspectorate's Senior Improvement Advisor for Technology-Enabled Care. Hopefully I've got that right. And today we're going to be talking a bit about how technology can be used to help support meaningful connection, particularly for people who live in adult and older people's care homes. So thank you for joining us, Nikki. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So why is technology so important these days? We live, we live in a digital age and I think um, why is technology so important? I think we saw, you know, increasingly during the, the pandemic, how important technology was for, for meaningful connection, you know, particularly within within care homes. And, um, you know, the Scottish Government are, are very committed to, to you know, uh, digital technology as being a a solution for the the future, you know, um, in terms of health and social care, and I've obviously got a number of strategies around that. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think um, certainly during the pan- pandemic, when when people weren't able to to have that face to face contact, um, we saw how important it was, and and we we saw in some instances when people didn't have access to that digital technology um how they could be excluded and really it could impact on their rights you know um as well so we talk about digital digital rights now and it really is you know people are, are using technology to support the rights in a, in, in a number of ways um and whether that's access to services or you know co- contact with with people that are important to them yeah absolutely so what are some of the sorts of things that services might need to consider do you think when they're using technology you know to support that meaningful connection what are some of the sorts of issues that they might face yeah i think uh well for, first off you need you need the the devices you know for for technology whether that's uh, computers for, for staff you know tablets and, and smart tvs and things like that for 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 residents in this instance um so yeah, and, and that can take a considerable in, investment. So that can be a real challenge. Um, I think skills is as well. Again, you know, we, we will all be aware of of um, a real sort of varied skill level within the workforce, or you know, whether that's even within the, the care inspector and inspectors in terms of how digital enabled they they are, but also. You know, with um, staff within within care services and 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 people who use services as well in terms of their preferences to use um, technology. So um, yeah, that we may well have a big impact on how successful you are in terms of using te- technology and care services. And and I think connectivity seems to have been another big area that, that that people are focused on within within care homes. So making sure that you have that strong connectivity, especially for, you know, video streaming and and things like that is 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 vital. So they're the three sort of core, you know, I think components to getting successfully said um online and, and, and digital. And yeah, I think they're probably the the first first areas to work on. Yeah. So you were saying there about kind of the skill level of the staff and I think that's certainly one of the things that we've kind of been hearing as well you know and obviously with um, digital communication being used so much more during the pandemic and really that putting that responsibility on staff who maybe weren't 
all that familiar with it. And it's certainly something that we've heard that um, while some of the staff, um, without wishing to stereotype, often some of the younger staff maybe were more familiar with it, an awful lot really out of their comfort zone. And, you know, even speaking to people now, a lot of people still saying it's not something that they feel really very confident about. So I suppose it's about, you know, whether that's a, still a training need for some staff that providers might want to be thinking about. Yeah, uh, and I think you know that this has has been raised in terms of you know the different what what approach should be take should everybody you know working in, in social care have a a sort of um, a degree of sort of digital you know skills um, and and knowledge or should we have digital champions that are particularly um, skilled and knowledgeable in in that area who can help you know, implement sort of improvements, you know, in relation to tech and, and care services. So there's been, I think, you know, people have um, certainly during during the pandemic, we've heard of some services you have have digital champions, but really, I think, not employed for that role. I think, you know, they are care staff that have that particular interest and, and focus, and, and that's why they've been asked to, to do that. So they're not, you know, um, it's it's not a post, you know, a, a sort of technologist post as such, but just people who have taken that that role on, and 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 at times that can be a single maybe a point of, you know, challenge if someone's off or that they are not on shift, um, then you know, and we've heard an anecdotally that you know things can be left to people in that in that posi position, so that can be one of the challenges, um, and maybe having the other approach of just kind of. You know, taking forward, um, you know, digital projects collectively as a as a team uh, can sometimes be a really good way to learn. I think we had a a service. Uh, it was an ELC service actually, nursery, who had uh, they came along to our tech webinar and spoke about uh, using QR codes in the nursery really to support learning, but also to involve parents. Um, as well in the child's learning journey, but also to get feedback and things like that. They used them in, in so many different ways, but really they they wouldn't have considered themselves particularly tech savvy, I don't think, a couple of years ago and very much went on a journey together and learned together um, about the, the QR codes. And they seem to have a real sort of vested interest um, across the whole staff team and their parents and, and children because they could see the benefits of of using QR codes within the, the service in the, in these ways. So so yeah, I think um, getting everybody on board can be a, a good way in learning together. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose I'm just thinking about you know, what you're saying there about using the QR codes and about finding those sort of creative ways of using technology that, you know, a lot of services are doing, like a, a, quite a lot of services have been using technology and activities, for instance, you know, like, um, there was one where they were kind of taking people on virtual trips, you know, using kind of computer screens and they're actually like, you know, going on a train journey to a different place so that they could see, you know, what was kind of what was kind of going past the windows, as it were, and that. So, yeah, sort of really creative sorts of ways of kind of using that to enhance people's experiences. But going back to what you were saying as well about kind of being person centred as well and how it's, you know, it's not it's it's not kind of one size fits all no and i i think um even with your your first question why is tech so important i was thinking well maybe the jury's still out in terms of meaningful um you know connection 
you know, for tech, because obviously we've, we've used it considerably during the, the pandemic, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see now, you know, how people are using technology for that meaning, meaningful connection. And I suppose those that have continued to, to do so will probably have a preference for that. And there'll be others who will consider face-to-face -face and other, other methods, whether it's even a telephone conversation will, will better suit you know, them for, for, for that connection. So I think um, starting where people are, are at and, uh, you know, in terms of individuals, you know, um, having things and personal plans in relation to how they might use technology for meaningful connection can be a good start or not. Because some people, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they may find it distressful. We've had instances of that and, and confusing to, to, to use technology. Um, so therefore, you know, it, it wouldn't be, uh, a one size fits all and it wouldn't be recommended for someone in, in that in that instance so I think um, starting with the person and um, and making sure that you know if you are using technology it's to it's to enhance someone's experience and and well-being and not just because that's the, the method in which we want to um, to engage yeah I think that's absolutely right and I think that really echoes what people have been telling us as well that you know for some people it has been a it's been a wonderful thing and it's been a real godsend and for other people particularly people that you maybe have cognitive impairments that have sensory impairments sometimes you know having this video call in front of them or whatever could actually just cause more stress and distress or people just didn't understand what it was or thought it might mean that there was something wrong you know so yes it really just going back to being really person-centered and as you say having that information recorded you know about how people do prefer to communicate yeah, you know yeah. Do they want to communicate um, using technology? Do they need help to do that or can they do it independently if they need help? What kind of help do they need? You know, how how can you think about kind of things like privacy and um, supporting people to, you know, to communicate privately when that's what they want to do? Just all yeah, those kinds I, of things that need to be considered. Absolutely. I think that, I think that they're all great um, suggestions. And, you know, I think something we've been thinking about um, it's it's not an alternative so using technology for for connections just another way you know it's an additional method that we've now got um to engage with each other you know even in uh, you know in, in a work setting um as well so it's not to replace face-to-face -face or replace phone phone calls but it's just an additional additional way um and and it can be really useful if you know as we've all found if you you need to you've got a very kind of focused meeting that you have for example and you you need to talk about particular things and, and agree some actions then you know we um we all use video conferencing for, for things like that now and i think going going on post pandemic i'm thinking about um how sort of video conferencing might be used and my background's children and young people and um understand for reviews and you know getting that participation in reviews from children and young people who may have found face-to-face -face difficult uh, that's you know been really useful um, for hearings children he children's hearings and things like that um, as well and also from a kind of more mental health kind of perspective you've got um, an additional way to have you know therapeutic relationship now so where some people might not have had access to 
you know, going into cams, for example, for face face to face, that it can now be done online and maybe less intense, you know, for 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 some people and be a great way into a therapeutic relationship. So, um, I'd it'd be really interesting to see some of the kind of research that comes out about about that, you know, and 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 there particularly in that kind of therapeutic relationship and and using the new the new sort of technology we have um, in different contexts to support people's, you know, interventions. So. Yeah, so just providing those sorts of different opportunities and new opportunities, I suppose, for doing things in different ways. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and I suppose that's making me think about sort of some of the other ways that technology was used not just during the pandemic but also kind of ongoing like for instance I think what some services are doing was kind of streaming like for instance church services was one that was mentioned mm -hmm. that people couldn't actually go but they, you know they wanted to have that contact but you know they were, they were kind of live stream or kind of entertainment things or even exercise classes all that sort of thing and I think some of that is still you know is, is still ongoing and I suppose it's a way that people can participate in things without actually maybe having to necessarily be there in person yeah i think it's really opened up a lot of those doors um and i have heard of some care home services you know again i think during the, the pandemic they would record you know the loved ones having activities and spending time with staff and doing things in the care services and videos and then sending them on to, you know to, to family members but also the other way as well family members were able able to record you know occasions going on in the family home and things like that um and then sending them on to uh to residents and, and care services so so yeah i think it's definitely opened up a lot lot, lot of doors and i'm sure there's a lot of services still doing things like that where you, probably you know where you've got G uh, larger geographical um, sort of distances between family members and, and care services um, and things like that. So, so yeah, I think people just got innovative and just started to think, you know, um, how can we use te technology to, uh, to to plug the gap, really, when, when we weren't able to do things. But I think there's obviously a really positive legacy uh, from that going forward. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of potential, isn't there, for to doing doing things in different ways, depending on what's, you know, what's what suits the person or what suits the service. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else, Nikki, that you can think of that's, that's that might be relevant that we haven't covered? Um, no, I think, um, no, I think we've covered quite, quite a lot. I think the only, any kind of tips in terms of making improvements, you know, around uh, technology and, and services would be start starting small and build things increment incrementally learn together as a as a team staff team um, and don't be scared to, to try things very often it's quite hard to break te technology it can always be reset and restarted and um, to get stuck in I think and that's something that I've really learned from my conversations with um, with people in services is very often they've been on a journey you know they've not started as you know tech natives they've 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 been on a journey potentially didn't know to, know too much about technology and and they've just they've started with the goal and what they've wanted to achieve and technology's really been a means to an, to an end really so um yeah um it's been so uplifting to hear um from from lots of services and the projects that, that they've been that they've been working on but they don't need to be huge groundbreaking i think they, that that's the thing you know start small and things can start to um 
can start to build. I mean, staff teams see the benefits of, of that, then uh, the motivation kicks in, you know, and then people will, will will take things on and learn learn for them for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And just building up that confidence, I suppose, that like you said, it's actually quite hard to break things. I think that's what people are often worried about. Oh no, if I touch this, is it just going to, you know, is it just going to blow up or something? But um, but yeah, I suppose the more you do it, the more familiar you get and the more confident people get. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You've got some guidance available as well, haven't you? There's a guidance documents. Yeah, so I think that Back in um, maybe February, March, we published the Tech Good Practice guidance. So um, yeah, we've just set out what sort of good practice might look like in in different care services, and uh, we've got some case studies on there from a range of different services um, as well. And then a kind of resource toolkit at, at the end of that, with lots of different kind of um, links to other kind of tech resources. And there's loads loads of stuff out there. Um, at the back of that so yeah that can that can be accessed on our hub okay great and we'll put a link to that in the notes for the podcast as well well thanks very much nikki thank you for coming on the podcast that was really interesting thank you for having me cheers